Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the pilots and the flight attendants, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Express Yourself because I have like three stories from the first airline I ever worked for, People Express. And then there's a Another story from a male flight attendant, he talks about an airline he used to work for that is now defunct, and uh, this was a very colorful airline. And then we have some stories about people expressing themselves, get it, people express, <laughs> expressing themselves um, in, in ways maybe they shouldn't, or just expressing themselves in ways you wouldn't expect. So I also have a couple announcements. Uh, I got so much going on with the book coming out. You know, the ebook's already out and my, my real book's coming out on the 15th. And I'm doing, this is uh, something very different for me. I'm doing a live video show with Joe Dion from the podcast Fly With Me. It's going to be on February 21st, which is a Sunday. And it's going to be at 1 p.m. Pacific time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch the video live. You can even uh, text in questions live. I'm a little nervous about it. But anyway, the link, this is a little complicated. I'll put it on my website. My website's bettyinthesky.com. But this is the link if you want to watch the live video show. It's www.ustream.tv slash channel slash fly with me live. I know that's complicated, so I will have a link on my website. So let's get going with the Express Yourself stories. Express Yourself. Express Yourself. So when I was in college, I think high school maybe too, I used to watch soap operas. I haven't watched them in a long time. Not that there's anything wrong with soap operas. (laughs) I just don't really have time to do something like that anymore. But when I was in college, I did. And so when I first started flying, uh, Ruth Warwick, who was one of the really famous daytime divas, she was on All My Children for, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, She played uh, Phoebe Wallingford. (laughs) And I did not see her get on the airplane. So as I and she was sitting in coach of all things, and she was dressed just like you would want a soap opera diva to be dressed. She was dressed in head to toe ivory, like a hat and a beautiful coat, uh, ivory shoes. I mean, she was just decked out. But anyway, I didn't see her get on the plane. And she was sitting in coach, which is, you know, ever so slightly unusual. And, uh, I was handing out snacks and I got to her and I was so surprised since, you know, I had been watching her for years and I wasn't expecting her and I went to hand her the snack and I went, Phoebe, (laughs) it just came out. It was so stupid. I mean, it's obviously not her name. And I just, and it's like, I knew her, you know, like, hi, Phoebe, how are you? Luckily, she was a very classy lady, and she. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, it just came out. I was just so surprised to see you in my little world. <laughs> and plus, she was so decked out. It was like she, you know, right off the set of all my children. So anyway, it was a very stupid thing of me to say, Phoebe! <laughs> On a recent flight from New York City to Los Angeles, my captain came out, 
and he hadn't come out of the cockpit for the entire six-hour flight to use the restroom, which is very common. So I complimented him on his bladder control, to which he smiled at me and said, depends. And I said, that is both hysterical and disgusting all at the same time. So I worked for an airline called People Express. I don't know if many of you remember it. Maybe some of you do. It was based out of Newark, New Jersey, and it was the first low-cost airline. It was the first one. Now we have so many. At the time, it was a new idea. Um, Don Burr was the president of the airline, and he was trying to, what he would say, build a better world or build a better working environment. And he did he did some things at this airline that have probably never been tried before and never will be tried again. <laughs> It was, you paid for everything. You paid for your ticket in flight. We took little like cash registers down the aisle and you paid for your ticket. You paid for your check bags. You paid for your Coke. You paid for your peanuts, which has been tried at different airlines again, paying for beverages. And it does work for some airlines like Air Asia. But uh, at the time, it, it was difficult for passengers to wrap their brain around this new concept. And it was also very difficult for the flight attendants because we had to collect the money for all the flights on the plane. Passengers like people do, would try to get away with things. They would try to hide in the bathroom. <laughs> they would try to move seats so they would, they would think that we wouldn't notice that they hadn't paid for their flight. <laughs> but we were taught all these tricks and training. We were taught what they would do. And we would have, we'd have to go to the back of the plane before we could close the door and count all the people, the whole crew. And you had to come up with the same number, which we never did. <laughs> we'd always have to go back and count again. And then that's how many fares we would have to collect. And then the passengers would, in their mind, they were thinking, well, if I don't have the money or something, how are they going to make me pay? So what they would do is they'd say things like, oh, no, 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 I thought it was $19 for all five of us. And that's all the money I have. And I don't have any credit cards or a check or anything. And they thought that they would just, we would just let them go. But instead, we'd say, okay, well, we'll just take you back. We'll just fly you back to where you came from. <laughs> and then surprisingly, somehow they, they cough up the money. The other thing that was very interesting about the money is that, the flight tenants had thousands of dollars. The, the flight tenant in charge would have to carry around a briefcase full of a lot of money. I never wanted to be in charge because I was afraid like to have that briefcase full of money in my hotel room. And very strange thing for airlines, your per diem, your expense money that you get for layovers. Because we had all this money and a big briefcase, you just got handed cash. <laughs> So you'd go up to the captain and you'd, you'd count out his $24 and the first officer his $24. <laughs> it's just a strange way of doing business. Okay, so now you used to work for an airline that's no longer in business? Yes, um, I flew for an airline. Um, one day I showed up for a trip and... There were just a bunch of screaming people at a ticket counter, and the airline had shut down, and I had to find my own way home. Where were you? I mean, you weren't in your home base when that happened? No, actually, I was uh, living in Los Angeles, and I was in the Bay Area. And um, I, uh, when I realized what had happened, I just went to another airline, and I explained to them what had happened, and they were kind enough to uh, help get me home. Okay, so what was the name of that airline? 
the one that went bankrupt was called Pacific East Air, which was kind of a strange name. It really doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why would they call it that? I'm not sure, but not much made sense there. Everything, okay. The whole thing was kind of a shoddy operation that really uh, didn't make much sense at all. Okay, so Pacific East, did they have like a, a shorter name for that? Uh, yeah, um, they <laughs> called it uh, PEA. <laughs> so when I, um, when I graduated, um, they, um, they gave us our wings, and our wings all said P. <laughs> okay, so now about that, what kind of uniform did you have at that airline? That was the worst part. <laughs> um, it was a cowboy suit, and we had to fly to London that way. Wait, you mean a, a full-on cowboy suit? It was kind of a just like everything there, it was slipshod and thrown together. Uh, the only thing that matched were the checkerboard shirts. But uh, you wore blue jeans, or the women wore blue jean skirts, cowboy boots, a bandana, and cowboy hat. Wait, wait, a bandana and a cowboy hat to work? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to London that way, and let me tell you, that's, that's being humble, standing in the crew customs line at Gatwick. <laughs> other airlines standing in line, and we come up in our cowboy suits. Some of the flight attendants tried to dress it up a little bit by wearing their fur over their cowboy suit, but it really didn't work that well. <laughs> okay, now what kind of airplanes did you fly? They were old, busted up, broken down DC-8s uh, that had been leased from a carrier called Flying Tigers that was... Oh, I remember them. Right, they were cargo. Well, they slapped some seats into these planes, and they were really, really old DC-8s. Um, they um, had no overhead bins, just racks for coats and hats, like in the old days. So there was no room for any luggage. And when you sat in the back jump seat and looked down the aisle on takeoff, you could see all the uh, seats wiggling back and forth in their tracks oh as the plane lumbered down the uh, runway. Um, also, the, the uh, slide packs on the door had a propensity to fall off the door into the cabin uh, on takeoff and landing. Uh, luckily, they never inflated. Oh, my gosh. Now, like, did you, you were going all the way to London? Did you have, like, uh, movies or in seat entertainment, anything like that back then? No, this was pretty much bottom of the barrel. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, um, there were no movies. There was no music. Uh, there wasn't even air conditioning on the ground. Uh, when we did our, our safety demonstration, most of us used the safety information card to fan ourselves. In your cowboy outfit? In your sweating? Doing yeah, the uh, demo? We, we also flew to, um, to Honolulu and to Kahului, and uh, to be on the ground there with no air conditioning, uh, the sweat would just be dripping off of you, and you're having to stand in front of all these people and uh, just be drained by the time it was over. As far as entertainment went, um, there, there were no movies, no music, so we played in-flight bingo. In-flight bingo? Yeah, you heard me right, in-flight bingo. <laughs> <laughs> we passed out cards, and uh, we would uh, call it over the PA, and they always junior-manned it. The most junior flight attendant had to call bingo because nobody wanted to. It was so humiliating. Some people really, really got into it, right. but the poor passengers that were trying to sleep, um, you know, pretty much had a captive audience. You played whether you wanted to or not. And what would you win? You would win whoever pulled down their call button first, 
bottle of Andre Champagne. <laughs> and uh, if it was a child, we would give them a six-pack of Coke. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, that is not what I call the old glamorous days of wine. No, no, no. It was pretty far removed. <laughs> um, I went through... Uh, when I went through training, I, I remember when I um, had my um, my orientation flight, I thought, oh, this isn't really what I was expecting. <laughs> my parents had both worked for Braniff, and, you know, they had Pucci uniforms and, you know, designer interiors, and uh, they served baked Alaska, and when they went out on the beverage cart, there was a brandy snifter with dry ice and creme de menthe on the cart, and, uh, of course, I was only 20 years old, but I remember that first flight in the Cowboys thinking, um, I don't know if I really want to do this. <laughs> so on the 767 at my airline, the overhead bins are different on the sides of the plane above the windows and in the center of the airplane. So we are constantly making PAs during the boarding process saying, ladies and gentlemen, if you've brought a rollerboard suitcase on board today, please place that in the overhead bins on the sides of the airplane above the windows. Please put your smaller items in the overhead bins in the center of the airplane because they won't shut in the center of the airplane. So we have to make PA after PA because the passengers will put a big rollerboard suitcase in the open middle overhead bin and don't try to close it. And then at the end of the flight, you know, end of the boarding process, when we're trying to close it, it won't close and we have to check it at the last minute. They're mad. The plane's delayed. So it's actually very important. So we make lots of PAs. And the strong-willed flight attendant was making the PAs from the very back of the airplane. It holds 240 people, so she can't see the center cabin. And she's making the PA, ladies and gentlemen, if you brought a rollerboard suitcase, blah, blah, blah. And then in the middle of her PA, she sees a passenger in the back of the plane putting a gigantic rollerboard suitcase in the center bin. And over the PA, she goes, ah, 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 don't put that suitcase in there. Don't, don't, don't put that bag in there. And because she's saying it over the PA, all the other passengers who are putting their bag up hear her going, ah, 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 don't put your bag up there. And they're all taking them down. Going around saying, no, 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 she's not talking to you. <laughs> it's okay. She's talking to someone in the back of the plane. No, why she's doing it over the PA? <laughs> so I go back to her later and I'm like, you know, I, I really wish you wouldn't express yourself um, over the PA so all the passengers think you're talking to them when you're going, ah, 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 don't put that peg up there. So I've been trying to do a lot of press to promote the fact that my book's coming out on February 15th. And I did a segment with NoDebtWorldTravel.com. It's a popular um, travel blog and there's an ebook. And the host, Brian Peters, uh, did a segment with him and he was nice enough to share a story with me uh, about some Ethiopian girls expressing themselves to him. Um, I, want, I want to hear the Ethiopia story. Oh, okay. <laughs> So as part of my round-the-world trip, I went to Ethiopia. So I found a hotel that I thought was, you know, decent. It had internet access, but Ethiopia has horrible internet access. That's a whole other story. And um, the receptionist is taking me up to the room, and she's showing me around the room. I say to her, uh, yeah, you know, uh, have you ever been to New York? And she says, no. I said, you know, if you really go, it'd be, it'd be really interesting for you. And she says, well, 
the only way I can get to New York is with a green card. Would you help me get a green card? <laughs> and she just gives me this, you know, this this lovey dovey doe doe <laughs> look in her eyes, and, and you know, and I'm just happy to be in Ethiopia. I'm not thinking anything beyond the words that she said, right? Right. So I said, okay, yeah, and I just laughed at her. So then, uh, <laughs> I, I hired a cab to take me around for the week, and um, he has a friend, a beautiful Ethiopian woman in her mid-twenties, and she jumps in the cab with us, because, you know, I'm just rolling around the city, just seeing things, Right. and we're in the cab, she's in the back seat, I'm in the front seat, passenger seat, and and my and my guide is driving, and she doesn't speak a lick of English. Ten minutes into the drive, she says something to the driver, which he translates to me as, Serena says she's going to marry you. She's going to marry you. She said, she's going to marry you. And um, so for the whole week, I sort of had Serena, and then some other women would approach me when they found out that I was American and say things like, uh, how many kids do you want? I want three kids. Where do you live? New York? Oh, I would love to go to Las Vegas. I've heard so much about California. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, so basically, you have like a harem for the week. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then one, uh, this is the funniest. So my last day there, the girls who worked in the hotel I was staying at, along with the receptionist, gave me a uh, Ethiopian uh, coffee ceremony, which is, you know, really elaborate and you know, they, they, they bless the coffee and serve it to you. And and so the girls are talking about me being America, from America. And one of the girls is, maybe she's like four foot 11. <laughs> and she says to me, you can take me right now. I can fit in your, I can fit in your suitcase. <laughs> I was like, oh no. So, but um, it definitely made me realize how privileged I am to have an American passport because these women didn't know me from anyone, but the fact that I was American meant that, you know, I was Mavish material. So a few more things about People Express Airlines, my first airline that I worked for. It was also very stressful because if you, because we had to take the money for the flight, you know, how much, the fare started at $19. We flew all the way to London and it'd be like $119. But on short flights, say New York, Boston, we're talking 30 minute flight, we had to collect everybody's fare and you only had 30 minutes to do it. And people are handing you checks and you had to check like two IDs, there were credit cards and cash. I mean, if you had a whole airplane full of people, you know, that's stressful to try to get all that money. So like as soon as there was the no smoking sign at the time, when the no smoking sign got off, we were like running up, like <laughs> the plane still climbing, getting our stuff out, getting our little cash registers ready to go down the aisle because we had to get all that money because if you didn't collect all the money in time when you landed, we would have to make all the passengers sit there. They couldn't get off the plane till we were finished. And passengers really don't like staying on the plane when you, while you finish collecting money. But, you know, it's what we had to do. So I was just working a flight, a full flight, and... Uh, we were on a Boeing 777, which is a very nice plane, very big plane. And in the first class cabin, which is very large, they have all those seats that go um, 
fully reclined. They're like pods so they can, they can, they go all the way flat so they can sleep. And in that cabin, you know, they also have like the um, padded carpeting so it's cushy so they don't hear as much noise from the back. But consequently, we can get a little um, detached from one cabin to the next, you know, because we've got the curtains shut. <laughs> We're doing our own thing with all of our passengers who are in their little pods. And uh, it was kind of a bumpy flight, but it's always more bumpy in the back of the cabin than it is in the front. So we finished our whole service in the first class cabin and two of the flight attendants were going back after we do, you know, the snack service and the beverage service, or if there is a meal service, then we come through and do second coffees on a tray, right? So they're doing their second coffees and like coffee, coffee, anyone want coffee, coffee. And, uh, the guy's thinking, oh, you know, this is going well. Not that many people are asking for coffee. And the other flight attendant on the other aisle is, is doing her little thing, coffee, coffee. And one passenger says to her, um, you know, I didn't get a drink. And she says, oh, you must have been sleeping and keeps going coffee, coffee, coffee. Another passenger goes, you know, I, I didn't get a drink. And she goes, well, you were probably sleeping. And he goes, no, I wasn't sleeping. She goes, oh, then you probably had your eyes closed and keeps going coffee, coffee. And what neither of them even pay attention or even realize is that nobody has any trash or any drinks. <laughs> they hadn't started the service because it was bumping the back. They had waited. <laughs> so here are these two flight attendants, so sure in their convictions, who were like, oh, you must have been asleep. Of course they came through with drinks. <laughs> they got all the way halfway through this you know, 240 people cabin before they realized they were doing the coffee, the second coffee service before any service had been done. And they kept arguing with the people that, yo, yo, I'm sure you are asleep. It's you. Can't be us. <laughs> we laughed so hard because I actually have never seen pre-service coffee done before. <laughs> this is a fun little segment I did with Brian Cox. He does a radio show and podcast called Hey, Get Off My Lawn. Flying can be very aggravating these days. But what happens if you actually work for an airline? Go into the lawn phone and we're talking with Betty, Betty in the sky. And, uh, well, that's what I'm going to call her anyway. I'm just going to call her Betty. And, uh, Betty, you've got a great book out there called Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. That's right. <laughs> and I can, uh, I can remember the song. But it was Lucy or something. I don't know. But anyway, Betty, tell us ab about your book. It's really funny. Yeah, I've got this podcast, which is Funny Airline and Travel Stories. And now I've got a book coming out. I'm so excited. It's called Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, Hilarious Stories of Air Travel by the World's Favorite Flight Attendant. And uh, it's available to pre-order right now on Amazon.com. Oh, okay. And where can people uh, hear your podcast and what's it called? It's called Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, and it's at BettyInTheSky.com. Oh, oh boy, how easy is that? <laughs> yeah, okay. it's all okay. the same. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Be Betty, you, you've been in the, uh, in the sky for a long time, have you? I haven't been flying for 23 years, and you would not believe all the crazy things people oh. do on the airplane. Oh, my gosh, you know? Wow. You know what I found out? What? That the Mile High Club is the same sandwich as it is on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, 
just everybody's always so interested in the Mile High Club. Well, yeah, I guess you know <laughs> if you lean that way, that's cool. Yeah, it's a good sandwich, uh, right, Betty? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right, right. So uh, anyway, uh, Betty, if you could. Uh, uh, I really want people to go and take a listen to your podcast anyway and, uh, and, and get that book. But, uh, Betty, if you could tell anybody or anything, and this can do, this can, you know, you can uh, talk about uh, planes and being a, a flight right. attendant if you want. Uh, if you can tell anybody or anything to get off your lawn, who would it be, Betty? Well, of course, it's the passengers, but more specifically, <laughs> it's the passengers that wear those huge, expensive, noise-canceling headphones. You know, I know they're popular. I know people like them, but because of them, the flight attendants now, we need to know sign language. We have to, like, jump up and down to get their attention. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when they are wearing these things, they can't hear, right? That's the whole point. But mm -hmm. they can see. And we have this gigantic, huge beverage cart. We start at the front of the airplane, and we slowly work our way back. You know they can see us coming, right? But right. no, we got to jump up and down, poke them. We can't reach the people at the window. So it gets irritating. So um, this is what I did. One day, I'm on the beverage cart, and this guy's being irritating. I can't get his attention. And I said to the passenger sitting next to him, I said, you know, I could say anything to this guy. And, you know, he'd never know what I'm saying. <laughs> So she goes, you know, you should insult him. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, in, just in case he does look at me, I should probably make it look like I'm saying something to drink. And so oh. she says, how about, do your feet stink? <laughs> 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 so I oh. thought, you know, I might get in trouble for that, but I'm going to think of something else. So I go a little further on the beverage cart, and I say, um, this passenger says to me, oh, you have such a nice smile. Looks like you love your job. And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm thinking of insults for the irritating people with the big headphones on. <laughs> but I, I want to make it look like I'm saying something to drink. So yeah. she says, how about do you need a shrink? And I thought, that's oh. it. I'm going to do it. So yeah. I get a little further. There's the irritating man who would normally be driving me crazy. And I can't get his attention. So I say to him, finally, I finally he finally looks at me and I say, do you need a shrink? And he goes, Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody around him starts laughing. He has no idea. Uh -huh. So I go a little further, and there's like a, a heavy set man yeah. with the headphones on. And I say to him, uh, Are your toenails pink? <laughs> and he goes, uh, Just water. <laughs> now, what I've realized is I can mess with these people, and then I'm not aggravated anymore. Oh. And the passengers, they don't think to mind you messing with them because they've gotten so used to the mean, sullen, disgruntled airline people. They're just happy to see you smiling in a good mood. Oh, good. Well, you'll love your job, Betty. <laughs> I do love my job. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. So everybody keep your eye out for the name of the book, Betty. Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. Check out her podcast. Betty, I want to thank you very much for showing up right here on my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get off my lawn. No. Hey, no. get off of my lawn. Get off of my grass. You're hanging around here. I'm going to keep your pants. Please no questions. I'll tell you Some other things that were really weird about People Express, it's the only airline I've ever heard of that wasn't run by seniority uh, because he was trying to build a better world and a better 
working environment, everybody was supposed to be your own boss, which is a great concept in theory, but unfortunately, people like to take advantage. So it didn't work out that well in the long run. You had for seniority, like for scheduling, what you did was you had like a rotating lottery system. You would get your A month, your B month, and your C month. So your A month, you got everything you wanted for your schedule. Your B month, you got some of what you wanted. And your C month, you got what was left. But you knew the next month, you'd get everything you wanted. So it really was, in theory, a great system. But a lot of those great systems he thought up didn't really work out so well because (laughs) everyone was supposed to be their own boss. And we were all cross-utilized. We all had to do two jobs. You couldn't be a pilot, just a pilot. You had to do something else. You had to do scheduling or you had to be a gate agent. Everybody was cross-utilized, which is also a good idea. But one of the, some of the ideas that, that, that weren't so good were the fact that since nobody was a boss, you know, there weren't any Indians, we're all chiefs. Like the gate agents, they didn't have an assigned gate because you were supposed to be your own boss and go where you were needed. Well, there were some gate agents that like signed in. All you did had to do was sign in and there was no bosses. So nobody was paying attention where you were. They'd go home for like years. They'd sign in at the airport in Newark and go home. <laughs> I went to Catholic school. I would have never been able to do anything like that. But I could not believe things that people did to take advantage of this but build a better world system. I mean... I never saw it happen, but I heard about it a lot because the flight attendants would have to go to the back of the plane and count the passengers. This is how the airline knew how many passengers were on board and how much money they were going to expect to have collected. Well, if all the flight attendants were in cahoots, they could, when they're counting, decide they're going to say 10 less than what it really was. And then that'd be 10 fares they could divide up themselves. It's terrible, but you know, it it happened. And then (laughs) it was so disorganized that... (laughs) I knew one flight attendant who, whenever he'd get to his hotel, he would make up an employee number and a name and then go to his room and like order champagne and shrimp cocktail. And the airline could never figure out who it was, which is just terrible accounting. And it's terrible how people took advantage, but it's probably part of the reason why the airline isn't around today. One of the other things that was funny is uh, Continental took over People Express and we didn't serve any hot food. Uh, The airline, People Express, had taken all the ovens out of the airplane because that's weight, they didn't want it and they had put them in a warehouse. So when Continental took over and they were going to start serving food again, they wanted to put the ovens back in, they go to the warehouse and all the ovens are gone. Like someone had managed to sell the ovens to someone, which had to have been another airline because they wouldn't work in any like somebody's kitchen. <laughs> so some People Express employee had managed to sell all those ovens. I mean, it's just crazy stuff that happened at that airline. It was a really fun place to work. Unfortunately, people just took advantage. And it's a shame you can't, it's a shame that you can't have everybody be a chief and not have any Indians, but it really, it, it doesn't really work in the real work environment. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I hope you people get out there and express yourself. (laughs) And I also hope you come and uh, watch the live video show. It's going to be a one-hour show with me and Joe Dion from the Fly With Me podcast, Captain Joe Dion. I am nervous about this live show, so um, (laughs) you might want to watch and you might not. Anyway, it's a live show. You can ask questions live February 21st at 4 o'clock Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. See you then. And 
I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.